Jesus told his disciples about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. And he concludes with a question. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? For faith is shown by persevering in prayer. Jesus could have asked, when the Son of Man comes, will he find us at prayer? And this does not mean that we need to be on our knees all day, every day, in the church, all the time, uh, neglecting our, our daily duties, perhaps considering that we, you know, we've got more holy things to do than get involved in mundane matters, and which means that everybody else around us does what we should be doing. Pray always means to bring everything into prayer, to spend time daily in prayer, to be constantly in the presence of God. I'm reminded of, a, of something Pope Benedict XVI said, that a Christian who doesn't pray is an at-risk Christian. We heard in the Exodus reading today about a battle between Israel and the Amalekites. And really Israel's only hope was the prayer of Moses. For whenever Moses had his hands up in prayer, the battle went in Israel's favour. When he tired and his hands fell, the battle went in the, in the, in the Amalekites' favour. And so we heard about how uh, Aaron and Hur um, sit Moses on a rock so that he can rest and they make sure his hands are raised in prayer. And the reading that we read today concludes with Israel vanquishing the Amalekites, many, uh, many, many killed by the sword. You see, our prayer is important in the, in the battle for the spiritual life. And so there is, in a sense, it's, it's fitting that our first reading has a teaching on prayer, uh, but also on a battle, that we're engaged in a spiritual warfare in our Christian life against the father of lies, against the evil one who's deceived us, and uh, he has his agents as well, who, who also want to deceive us. Sometimes the secular narrative is filled with things that take us away from our Lord and tempt, enable, prevent us from seeing things clearly with truth. There's our own, the temptations we experience ourselves. When it's so easy to neglect prayer, when we need to pray all the more. And so our Lord teaches us to pray always. And this is the month of the Rosary, the month of October. And the Rosary has been used in battles in the Church's history uh, many times uh, against heresy, against invasions from hostile forces, sometimes from uh, the so-called religion of peace, uh, which, is which um, threatened to take over Europe at certain points in history, and in our own lives as well in, in the times of temptation. The rosary is a great weapon to fight the battle of holiness. And in, I, I'm sure I've shared with you already some personal testimony about my own family, but maybe there are some here who haven't heard it. You know how we would pray the family every day, uh, pray the rosary rather every day in the family. I'm the oldest of six children. As the children got older, they would be exposed to more of the rosary at first, the younger ones just maybe a decade, and then the rest would stay for the rosary until they uh, reach a certain age when they'd all be saying the rosary. You know, but sometimes my mother, who would always be the one who would instigate it in the evening, uh, would uh, dispense us on the pretext that we were all tired, when really it was she who was tired. 
And so she said, well, tonight we'll just say our quote-unquote short prayers, our night prayers, which we said together. But, you know, my dad would remain on his knees with his rosary beads, and he would not get up until he had said his rosary, which was a great example uh, to me. And he would always finish by using the cross to make the sign of the I-N-R-I on his forehead. Uh, Those initials which are above the Lord on on the crucifix, signifying Jesus Christ, uh, King of the Jews, so that he would go to bed with the thought of Christ as King uh, on the cross uh, in his mind and in his heart. Great example to me from which I've learned to say the rosary every day. There was that occasion which I think I've shared with some of you as well when I was a young boy uh, on the London Underground travelling home and uh, three other sort of youths wanted to mug me uh, wanted to take my money, of which I had none, and they didn't believe me, so they asked me to jump up and down, which I did, and they were jangly in my pockets, so they asked me to empty them, and out came the house keys and a rosary, and that kind of surprised them. So it was as if they were just literally stuck to the ground in shock, so I was able to run between them uh, to safety and uh, make it home uh, safely. Uh, so in a sense, I believe the rosary is a kind of uh, was a protection for me on that occasion. We'd say the rosary on journeys. Basically, really hardly ever would we omit the rosary. And uh, I always have one with me, and I recommend you do as well, in your pocket or in your purse, to always have a rosary, uh, to have one in your car, to have one in your bed. I have one in my bed which, uh, you know, can't break, because, you know, you toss and turn during the night, whereas a metal-chained one uh, can break so easily. And in the history of Christianity, it's had its place as well. As I've already shared on the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary to those who are, with those who are at Mass, you know, um, there was the Albigensian heresy in the 12th and 13th century, in which, which taught that everything material was evil. You know, our flesh is evil and therefore created by an evil principle or evil, evil God. And that would mean that our Lord Jesus, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, could not have taken on human nature because God could not unite to himself something that was evil and created by an evil principle. And therefore he was not truly man. He only appeared in the form of man, which would have brought brought down all all the teaching of the Church on the Incarnation and the Redemption. For if Jesus was not truly human, then he did not He did not redeem us. Well, St. Dominic was given the rosary uh, as a means of teaching people to meditate on those joyful, sorrowful, and glorious mysteries in which we see things of a reality of flesh, the goodness of flesh. The Word became flesh in the womb of the Virgin Mary. There's a child who's presented in the temple. There's a child who's lost in the temple, who's born in poverty. And all the agony in the garden of the crown with thorns and blood and nails and death and of course then resurrection and the birth of the church. You see, this is a tool in order that we can pray over these essential mysteries of the faith and therefore be protected against falling into heresy. Also the battles, you know, we hear about the battle between the Amalekites and the Israelites in 1571 on October 7th, which is the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary now. The Battle of Lepanto won against all odds, uh, uh, by the Christian forces, thanks to Christendom praying, praying the Rosary, or the siege of Vienna in 1683 on the 12th of September, 
was lifted thanks to the invocation of Mary when Christendom prayed, prayed for the, 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 uh, Jan Sobieski uh, as he uh, lifted the siege of Vienna. Um, and that, that feast, 12th of September, is now kept as the holy name of Mary. Um, when Our Lady appeared in Lourdes, she appeared with the rosary, and the first thing St. Bernadette did was to pray the rosary with the Lady. Our Lady of Fatima, when, on her last, last apparition on October 13th, 1917, uh, gave, finally disclosed who she was, I am the Lady of the Rosary, and said we should pray the rosary uh, every day. Pope Paul VI was, um, you know, the Pope of the Second Vatican Council, was very alarmed at the decline in Marian devotion following the Council. And so he wrote a beautiful encyclical letter called Marialis Cultus in 1974, uh, particularly to, um, to give new uh, fervour to the Rosary, renew the importance of the Rosary in the life of Christians. And he described the Rosary as the compendium of the entire Gospel, which is very clear from the mysteries that are included, even with, uh, with the addition of the luminous mysteries by Pope St. John Paul II as well. It's a meditation on the Gospel. Even the Assumption and the Coronation are, are, can be based in Scripture because of the vision of Our Lady, the Lady crowned with the sun, with the stars and the moon at her feet in the book of the Apocalypse, uh, which is, is obviously uh, Our Lady. And so there she is crowned. And so we have the Assumption and the Coronation of Our Lady as well. Pope Paul VI wrote that the Rosary reflects the very way in which the Word of God mercifully entering into human affairs, brought about the redemption. He said that the litany-like repetition of the Hail Marys is an unceasing praise of Christ. And whenever we say the Hail Mary, we say, Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Right, so we're, we're, it's, a, it's praising our Lord. The Hail Marys are the warp on which is woven the contemplation of the mysteries. He said that meditating on the mysteries of the Lord's life as seen through the eyes of her who was closest to the Lord is what we do in the rosary. And indeed, St. John Paul II said the same when he wrote his letter, Rosarium Virginis Mariae, how he said that when we say the rosary, we enter into the school of Mary, and it is she who teaches us about the mysteries of her, of her son's life uh, from her own memory, as it were. Pope Paul VI spoke about the domestic church, which comes alive when the family prays together and in communal prayer. And he said, if this element of communal prayer were missing, the family would lack its very character as a domestic church. He said the rosary should be considered as one of the best and most efficacious prayers in common that the Christian family is invited to recite. We would like to think and sincerely hope that when, notice he says when, not if, the family gathering becomes a time of prayer, the rosary is a frequent and favoured manner of praying. Now it's helpful sometimes to use meditation aids because it can be a bit challenging, especially if you're not used to saying the rosary. Sometimes we need the help of uh, what con you know, considerations from the saints. And if some of you I know have this missal, the Daily Roman Missal, which I really recommend you get hold of, it's available in English and Spanish. And at the back of it, there's a beautiful set of devotions, including to the Holy Rosary, uh, with meditations by St. Josemaria Escriva. Here's one, for example, on the resurrection, which can help us meditate and get into the scene. He appears to his most holy mother. He appears to Mary Magdalene, who is carried away by love. 
and to Peter and the rest of the apostles, and to you and me, you see, puts, he puts us in the scene, and that's what we're encouraged to do, to get into the scene of the rosary, who are his disciples and more in love than Mary Magdalene. Be daring. I mean, how much did Mary Magdalene love our Lord? We know how much he loved her. And yet, St. Josemaria says, we love our Lord even more than Mary Magdalene. Let's be daring uh, in our spiritual lives. The things we say to him, may we never die through sin. May our spiritual resurrection be eternal. You see, there's the resolution from the contemplation to avoid sin, to rise from sin. And before the decade is over, you kiss the wounds in his feet. You kiss the wounds in his feet. And I, more daring, because I'm more a child, place my lips upon his open side. You see, we're led by the saints into the ways of, of spiritual depth, spiritual childhood, and daring uh, in, in our spiritual lives. If th- those meditations can help us when we pray the rosary. You know, Scott Hahn, if you've read his conversion story in Rome Sweet Home, uh, relates a very amusing um, occasion when he, w- he would go out with his rosary beads in the garden, maybe, and say the rosary, and his wife Kimberly, this is before they were Catholics, of course, his wife Kim- Kimberly would be rather jealous because it was as if he was having a love affair with some other woman. Of course, the woman was Mary, you know. And... Um, and uh, anyway, she had a difficulty. She, she had not got as far as praying the rosary because she had a real difficulty uh, with the church's teaching on contraception. But anyway, of course, finally she, she did uh, um, come to accept all the church's teaching and the rosary as well. And in fact, she became a Catholic before Scott, her husband, Scott did. You know, he, he was a very eminent Presbyterian, anti-Catholic uh, scripture scholar and now he's one of the foremost apologists for the Catholic faith uh, in, 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 in Scripture. So anyway, so of course Kimberley became Catholic and so did uh, Scott as well. You see uh, how, what the prayers of the Rosary can do. I urge you to take Pope uh, Paul VI's advice to, uh, to heart to say the Rosary, because if we say the Rosary daily and frequently, uh, our faith will deepen, our love will deepen, and when the Lord comes, he will find us. Uh, at prayer, and you will find us with faith.